With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode 237. We are the Fight Disciples. This one is dedicated to the world of boxing. Uh, this uh, podcast never, well, it nearly never happened. In fact, no further podcast ever nearly happened because of what happened at the weekend in London uh, with myself and a certain pound-for-pound number one fighter on the planet. I'll get to that in a minute, but I just want to uh, do a little bit of explaining as to who we are and what we do. If you've never come across us before, you can uh, subscribe uh, to the Fight Disciples via iTunes. Uh, Fight Disciples, do a little bit of a search there. Uh, fightdisciples.com is our website. If you're on Android, you can get in uh, all your Android feeds from that. And we're all over social media as well, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And on YouTube right now, you will see a lovely little video of my mush with Vassil Lomachenko. Now, I'm going to explain how this all came about because my colleague is actually with me, just in case you think I'm doing this show on my own. Say hello. Hello. That's all you need to say at this moment in time. <laughs> So on Friday, I get a call from uh, the woman that runs the PR for Top Rank Boxing, right? Now, we knew full well that Alexander Usyk would be in town because we are doing this show on location at this moment in time from the Alexander Usyk and Tony Bellew press conference. We're actually across the road in a lovely bar called the Brewdog. So if you're in Manchester, you'll know exactly where we are. Is this not Brewdog? Oh, no, it's Albert Schloss. That's where we are. Yeah, Brewdog turned us away because they saw you being a scouse and they said, none of that nonsense. Jog on, right? So we're in Albert Schloss. That's where we are right now, okay? Now, we knew that Usyk was in town, but was his little friend going to come and join him? Well, I got a call on Friday afternoon. Now, bear in mind, Nick had an opportunity to go to Wembley to watch Anthony Joshua. He fucked it off because he wanted to go and watch Liverpool. I've got a caveat story in there. Just a tiny little segue story. Go on, defend yourself. The caveat was, on Friday afternoon, I thought, what am I doing? Liverpool are going to win the league anyway. I've got plenty of more opportunities. I'm going to go to Wembley instead. And I sold me tickets. But then by the time I reached out to our boy, the producer, and said, I'm going to come to Wembley now, he was like, sorry, I haven't put your name down on the list. You can't come. So not only did I not go to Wembley, I missed the fine story you're about to tell. I didn't even go to Anfield this either because it sold me ticket. There I you sat go. at home. Well, you deserve it. it. You deserve it for the strop that you've pulled over the last 24, 48 hours. Yeah? That's how, that's how fickle our friendship is, that something like that can break it. Anyway... <laughs> I get this phone call on Friday from... Uh, Rita Ora's in town. The, 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 basically, <laughs> Rita Ora is in town. The PR lady from uh, uh, Top Rank gave me a call. Mel, thank you so much. Much appreciated. Now, she gave me a call and asked me a, one question. The question was, do you know who Vasil Lomachenko is? And I'm thinking to myself, she hasn't listened to Fight Disciples, has she? <laughs> she hasn't got a clue. Um, I obviously very kindly turned uh, the answer back her way and said, of course I do. Why? Why are you asking me? He's coming into London tomorrow... I've been landed with sorting his press out. I can't sort anything out with it. I can't the, believe you didn't tell me as well. You kept that I can't sort anything out. Can you help me? And I went, Melissa, leave this with me. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> is basically what I said. I got the lo- I said, send me location to, uh, <laughs> to basically quote Khabib Nurmagomedov, right? I, get, I goes down to his hotel on the Saturday. 
I arrived at the exact same time that he's arrived. So he's just stepped off a plane. He's just checked in. He's going up to his room and meets his manager. We has a little bit of a chinwag. Meets Melissa, has a little bit of a chinwag. Right, where are we doing it? Well, we can't do it down here because this is Vasil Lomachenko. He's going to get absolutely mobbed. Mm-hmm. So his manager says, come up to the room. Okay, no problem. Let him have a shower. Let him get freshened up. Come up to the room. Set your stuff up. We'll do the interview there. Is this the point where you text me from the lift going... I'm going to Vassal Lomachenko's no, bedroom. No, I didn't send you that, though, did I? Right? <laughs> I just, I didn't tell Nick any of this. No, you didn't. Because I wanted it to actually happen before I sent it his way. So, therefore, I could dilute the story for him a little bit and maybe appease him. But it turns out that he's a twat and he don't really like me. <laughs> anyway, so I get called about five minutes later. Right, he's ready now. Get yourself upstairs. Now, imagine this. I know where I'm going. I know who I'm going to go and meet. I know what's going to happen. But it's still quite intimidating when, one, the language barrier is there, yeah. and two, this guy's a fucking living legend. He is the best fighter on the planet. We, we wank off about him on this show constantly. Constantly. It is constant. And I just all I had in the back of my mind when I was going up in the lift, this pisses all over Green Bank. This absolutely <laughs> smashes the Green Bank story all over the gap. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for the podcast. See what I mean? See what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. They opened the door to the hotel. Uh, the hotel room. Not anybody opening the door. Only Alexander Usyk. <laughs> and he, I tell you something, he's an intimidating bastard, let me tell yeah, you. Man. His eyes are all over the place. One's, he's, a, he's a Bond villain, isn't he? Mate, one's getting changed and one's collecting shopping, you know what I mean? He is. Oh, I genuinely thought at one point during the interview with Lomachenko that he was weighing up whether he could kill me and store the body. <laughs> That's what I thought was going on. I thought, I'm not going to get out of here alive. Usyk coming out of B&Q with a bag of lime and a spade. He had, he had all his belts um, thrown down. Boo is a second. We are recording here, but we are obviously having a breakfast at the same time. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. A little bit of bacon and eggs. Um, I'm, I'm all right sauce. for a bit of sauce, you, actually. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. That's nearly as good as you obviously Ooh, ordering two that. more beers in Dallas, isn't it? Wow. Got a bit of bacon and eggs there, mate. I'm going to stuff that in a minute. Yeah, me too. Mm. Anyway, so Usyk, he's got all his belts out on bed. I need, to sell, I need to set all my equipment up, don't I? So I asked him politely, is there any chance that I can move these? He goes, be careful. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything, Alex, out there. <laughs> so anyway, moves all the gear out of the way. Does One straight into yeah, the back. Yeah, 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 right. So does the interview. Surreal. I'm in his bedroom. We're chatting away. Of course. There's a bit of an interpreter. You've seen it now. I've stuck it on, up on YouTube. You can have oh, a little I've bit of it. I've seen it, all right. Right. Oh, I've seen it. So it's all up on YouTube, right? So then there's, there's the process of telling Nick what's just happened. So I, I, I was very timid in the way that I did this. And I just said, mate... Last minute call, this came in, and then I just sent him a picture. And he just went, we can't be friends. It's, <laughs> it's over. over. <laughs> this is it. It's over between us. The best thing that you put on social media is that one where you went, um, I'm delighted for him, but <laughs> I'm really happy that Adam has interviewed the best fighter on the planet, but. Mate, the reason the or analog, analogy yeah. is absolutely spot on, mm. because... I was delighted for you. Yes, it gazumps my Green Bank story, which I'm devastated about. But I was, I was genuinely like, oh man, class. I'm, I'm glad we got it. I'm glad one of us got it. That's the main thing. But, but then, but again, you know, if we go, if we're in a bar and, and you cough for Rita Ora, yeah, I'd be like, good on him. But then I'm like, I fucking hate him. I wish he was dead. <laughs> and I just want to add that if I had seen Rita Ora in the club first, I wouldn't have waited for you. Because he who hesitates <laughs> masturbates, my friend. I'd have been straight in there. Well, that's it, mate. I was you're, in there like swimwear, weren't I? Listen, fuck about. You're only saving graces that when we met this morning, 
had a present for you, didn't you? You had a present for me, right. and it wasn't smell me fingers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it was something a bit more. Listen, the story gets worse, right? Because later on that evening, um, obviously, we go to the fight. Loma's there. I see him backstage. He gives me the nod. I'm thinking, we're tight as fuck now, me and him. <laughs> we are bezies. This is ridiculous. He comes over, gives me the old fist bump. Right. Off he goes. Alexander's still not talking to me. He's still yeah. fucking giving me the ones up and down. Touched his belts, that's, that's right. right. He's giving me the ones up and down, thinking I could definitely store the body under here somewhere. <laughs> um, and I goes back to the hotel bar for a bit of a drink afterwards. So I'm with Glenn McCrory, okay, um, and a couple of lads from the Talksport team. We just done the show, live commentary and what have you. So I'm, I'm in the I'm in the Hilton straight after the show. Who's in there? Only Alexander and Lomachenko and the whole team sat down again, right? Glenn taps me he goes thinking that Loma's my mate right so he goes introduce me because I can't fucking introduce you because <laughs> you introduce it you're a former world champion you bellend get over there he goes introduce me you're his mate you've been with him all afternoon <laughs> so I'm like right okay then okay so, so off I go hi guys you're right made a beeline for the manager because I, I had more of a relationship with the manager shooks the manager's hand and I said Glenn McCrory's over there he goes oh Glenn Comes, brings him over, right? Yeah, yeah. Sit down, drink with us. And I'm like, fucking hell, this is getting mad. Yeah, yeah. So he sits down, Lomachenko, Usyk, neither of them speaking, neither of them speaking any English. It's all Ukrainian, Russian, whatever they speak, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was genuinely like we were on the set of a Bond movie. I thought shit was going to go all, off. All that was missing was Lama stroking a cat. S- some shit was going to go down Usyk at one point. strangling somebody, yeah. So anyway, I had to encourage uh, Glenn to come and join me, to come and sit on a different table. And uh, we, 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 we made We made way. And then when we made way, right, Dillian White joined us, right? So Dillian had just come from the show. Yeah. I said, all right, Dill, I ain't seen you tonight. Where have you been? He goes, don't get me fucking started on that. <laughs> oh, he was he was uh, working for Sky, wasn't he? Well, I only found this out the morning after, right? Miles away. He goes, I should have been ringside, man. <laughs> and he was absolutely... <laughs> Dillian White turned into Bob Marley. No, he turned into Rastamouse about five <laughs> minutes ago, didn't he? He was fucking Rasta losing Mouse. it, mate. Absolutely going off his head. He goes, Sky, I should have been in the ring, giving them all charts, man. They're talking nonsense. I don't know. Dillian, if you're listening, that's a shit dumbing accent, mate. But he was losing it because I think Sky had him doing something on the telly or something, and he wanted to be ringside causing havoc with AJ, trying to tout himself for that fight. So it was just a bizarre situation. Being in that environment was a, was an incredibly bizarre uh, environment to be in. Yeah. Hopefully you followed it on social media because I stuck it all over uh, all our stuff. Now, obviously... Now, there's a reason why I'm not punching yeah. Adam in the face right now. And there's a reason why I'm not sitting here sniffing his fingers, as I said earlier. Mm. Because well, wait a minute. I've got one more story from Wembley. All oh, right, okay. So obviously Wembley's pissing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the first two rows of commentary for television were covered. Nobody's getting wet. Third row was me on the radio, and we were in the ponchos, mate. We were getting absolutely Senior. blasted. So man-sized du- condoms. Well, during the <laughs> during the undercard, I thought to myself, "Sack this! I'm going to go and sit. There's nobody in. The, there's nobody in the row in front, so I'm just going to go and sit in the row in front." I goes and sits in it, and it's the guys from the zone, right? Right. So this American guy, you can't sit here, but he were doing the broadcast and all this type of stuff. And I said, yeah, that's cool. What time are you on? He goes, uh, we hit 9, 9, 9 uh, p.m. UK. And I said, cool, I'll be out. You see, this is like 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in there, sat there, like swimming, right, doing the show. These guys keep tapping me on my back saying, man, you're going to have to move. I said, you've told me 9 o'clock. I will go at 9 o'clock so you're on and you're away. Just so that I'm covered and not getting pelted because it was absolutely coming down torrential. And they must have tapped me about five or six times. And I'm getting to the point where I'm losing my rag. Seventh time, they tap me. I turns around, I'm about to lose it and go for someone, right? It's fucking Sugar Ray Leonard. Get out of town. You're in my seat, mate. Yeah. Uh, 
So no, there you go, son. There you go. There's your seat. Have a sit down to that. I'll go. I'll go and sit at the back. Not only have you interacted with my number one crush, Rita Ora, this That's weekend. It. That's it. But you've also interacted with my forever crush, yeah. Julia Roberts, yeah. from that movie where she was the brass. It's all right. That's Sugar Ray Leonard, the greatest boxer yeah, of but, all time. Yeah, but I already see you don't like me. So that's that's your saving yeah, grace with that. True, yeah, Loma's yeah. me mate, as you found yeah. out this morning. <laughs> so basically what's happened is this. Nick's back gone back and forth with me on uh, on text, literally being cold as fuck, not being his normal warm self, putting kisses on messages or anything like that, refusing to speak to me. I've said, are we doing the show from the Bellevue Presser this week? Don't know. Are we doing the show from the Bellevue Presser this week? Don't know if I can be bothered coming. Do it yourself. You've got your, got your new mates. <laughs> so... I phones the lady from Top Rank again, right? And I said, uh, "Is the with, at the Bell you presser? I'm assuming that Lomachenko's going with him. Is he going to it?" And he goes, "No, he's 100% not going to the presser." And I went, "Oh fuck!" But he's in Manchester. I said, "Eh? He's going to. He's travelling with him, but he's not going to the press conference." Now, obviously, we're recording this pre-press conference at this moment in time, so he might. He might have done. He might have turned up, but I'm told that he's not going to it. So. Because obviously I'm tight with these Ukrainian fellas now. <laughs> I asked, is there any chance that we can do a more in-depth interview with him on the morning of the press conference? We'll come to the hotel, we'll set up, we'll do the shit. So she's like going, why, you've just done one. And I went, uh, for a more general sports audience rather than just boxing. <laughs> basically, my mate's <laughs> fallen out with me. I want him to come and meet him. That's basically, what they, that's basically <laughs> the angle that I was going with. So then she goes, leave it with me. Off she goes. I comes back, she went, oh, well, the, you've already done this interview and all this type of stuff. I said, no, it'll be a different thing, a bigger feature. We're going to video it. We'll have a better backdrop. I've got more time to plan for it. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, she sells it to him. Yeah. They sign it off. Yeah. Done. Boy, do they. 10 o'clock, come and meet Lomachenko. So I phones him up, right, this prick here. I phones him up and says, right, I'm not shitting you now. Prepare your questions. You and Lomachenko, one-on-one -on -one tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Honestly, he got his more hooker sock out and started having a wank, didn't he? <laughs> All over the gaff. Gets better. It's funny because it's true. This gets better. And you're going to see this because I'm going to edit the video. We're going to piece it all together. The story of Nick meeting Loma is brilliant. Can so I tell this story then this morning? Well, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're not putting this as a podcast. It won't be available as a podcast, the Lomachenko interview. It's only going on YouTube because it's that fucking funny. <laughs> Crack on. Tell me what happens. So you tell me that. So basically... I'm on the school um, run, mate. I've done the school run. Yeah, I'm on yeah, my way yeah. into Manchester. I'm thinking, this is going to be amazing. My mate's my mate again. This yeah, is tremendous. Yeah, yeah. We can all be pals. So we I can go Jane to the award ceremonies together, <laughs> cuddling each other again. Oh, no. I packed Jane and the kids off at like 8 o'clock this morning. I'm like, right, fully prepped, fully versed. Yeah. Been dreaming about this interview for 10 years. Been 10 years since me and Loma hung out. 10 years since Green Bank and the Euros. Wait till you see the interview and him talking about that, by the way. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I'm ready to go. So I'm literally, like, well-prepped, you know. I'm not eating, obviously, because I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to go and hang out with Rita Ora, after all. We're going to get a shower together. But I was, uh, I was on pins. I'm ready to go. Okay, right, okay. So I'm going to leave with plenty of time. You know, I don't want to be late. Packs the house up, gets ready to go. Jane and the kids have gone. They've gone to childminder. She's at work. Everything else. And I'm like, right, laptop, bag, yeah, okay. Go straight to the presser afterwards. Got everything I could possibly need. Yep, yeah, there we go. Can't find my car keys. 
high and low, can't find me car keys. Do you remember that time when he was going to UFC Gdansk yeah. and he couldn't find his passport? Yeah, this is Nick. This is who I work with on a day-to-day day basis. My, it's is a good job, life. he's a good-looking lad, and he knows about his boxing. Otherwise, there's not a cat in house chance this to be on this. Life. Seriously? So, anyone who doesn't know, I missed Darren Tilling Gdansk because mm. the kids took me passport and hid it inside. Basically, like this lunchbox thing, this plastic kids' lunchbox with a load of plastic food, and I didn't find it until months afterwards. Anyway, this morning, I rings the wife, and at this point, I'm at you know I'm at level seven of panic. Level seven. I've got a, you know I've got 90 minutes to get there, but I'm level had seven you, had already. You, had you told me by now? No, no. All right. So, rings the wife. I said, listen. You haven't seen me car keys, have you? Because the other week, she took me house keys and hung them on the b- banana hook. Never been done before. Never been repeated since. And I rang and she went, oh, I've hung it on the banana hook. Why? You've never, ever done that before. I never keep my keys there. Why would you put them there? Oh, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good place to put them. Don't ever put them there again. <laughs> Rings of this morning. <laughs> Look at the fume. You're reliving it now. Oh, the mate. fume is brilliant. Rings of this morning. I'm already at panic seven. Where's my car keys? No, no, I've no, seen them. No, no, give, give, give me the conversation. How, were, were you polite when you went in there, or what, what were you like? Because uh, normally I just go one to ten, mate. I just go balls deep. No, I, I was still at seven. Because I've got, oh I've got God, plenty geez. of time at this stage. Uh. I'm like, I'm not checking my phone. I don't need to know what time the trains go to, from Liverpool to Manchester. We're not at that situation. Mm-hmm. Jane, where's my car keys? And she's like, I've seen them. I thought, great. That's We're in. That's, that's, all, that's all I needed to know. That's it. You've seen them. Now, where did you see where them? Where are they? Yeah. Right, okay. So she's thinking, right, Alex had them. Right, okay, Alex had them. When did he have them? He had them on Sunday, definitely. He was walking around the house with them. Great, okay. What did you do on Sunday? Packed the kids up, rent the car, went to my mum's, did it, blah, blah, blah. Right, okay. What did you do with Alex with the keys? Oh, I remember what I've done. I've put them in my car for safekeeping. That was their reply. They're in my car. So and she's at work? She's gone to work. The other side of the city. Who puts somebody else's car keys in their car? In their car. car. Mate, honestly, you're preaching to the converted. So now I'm at 9.5. <laughs> now the dog's had a kick. Train line's on my phone quicker than you can say anything. And I'm like, listen, you're going to have to bring them keys home. You're 20 minutes away. You're going to have to drive like the wind. Oh, I can't. I've got a meeting. I've got a meeting. I said, listen, never mind your meeting. If you don't bring them keys home right now and I miss this opportunity <laughs> to shower with Rita Ora slash interview with the best boxer on the planet... The marriage is probably over. Anyway, long story short. 20, no, no, no. Give me the long story. <laughs> 20 minutes later, after five phone calls from me, where are you now? Have you left the car park? Where are you now? Where are you now? Mm. Then she rings me to say, just just to let you know, the radio said there's traffic congestion on the M62. So, no word of a lie. I said, I don't give a fuck about the M62 traffic. I've seen Mad Max. <laughs> That's exactly how my driving's going to play out. She gets home. She pulls up. Passenger window open, arm straight in, takes the keys straight in the car. Yeah. Just uh, that was it. I thought you, I'm saving you till later. You know, she's lucky this thing played out how, it, how I dreamt because I'd have gone Pete Tong and I missed the opportunity. She'd have been in the right doghouse tonight. Anyway, so then I get on the M62. Hang on I, a minute. At what point had you told me? Oh, so now I've told you. When yeah. Jane's in the car, I've t- I texted so you I, to go. Right. So we're meeting. At, we're meeting at ten, and I, I've been with these guys on Saturday. And it's like hanging out with a fucking KGB, right? They are to the minute. So I know that if I'm not there at 10 o'clock, shit's going to get real. You're, te- you're phoning me at 20 past nine. And I know that you're 45 minutes away from, from your front door and you've not set off yet. Yes? Mm-hmm. Continue, my friend. <laughs> so now, I'm Tom Hardy in the fucking <laughs> remake. Flooring it down the M62. 
Clock's on 100. Sees a white BMW behind me. Doing similar speed. I thought, okay, BMW I'm driver, standard. But for some reason, I don't know if it was me in a spidey sense or whatever, I just thought, I'm just going to let this fella pass. I'm racing, but I'm just going to let this one pass. thought, fell on a woman in a seat racing this time of morning. Weird. So I thought, I'll just let him pass. Beamer flies alongside me. Fucking two coppers. Thank you so much to the lovely police lady who just gave me the signal, slow down this morning. Because they could have pulled me over, my life would have been in ruins. It was because of them. Thank you to the uh, Merseyside or the Manchester Constabulary. You made this happen. I slowed down. I got here. Fucking Manchester traffic killed me. I'm sprinting. I've still got an interior cruciate ligament damage. And I'm sprinting through Manchester city centre to meet you in the hotel. Mm. Now, bear in mind, while this is all going on, I've arrived. I'm there prompt. I'm on time, mate. Because I don't want to get shot. Usyk's still eyeing me up, right? <laughs> so I, I rock up at this hotel. And I know that you're late. So I'm texting you every two minutes, mate. Give, give me some ETA. And I, I need to know how big of a blag this is going to be. 10 o'clock ticks over, and they're there, in reception, waiting for me. Usyk's eyeing it up and down again. Lama's cool, he's chilled. And the manager's there, the main man. And he said, uh, are you ready to go? I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling him no. And he goes, is it okay if uh, Lama has shower first? And I went, absolutely, fill your boots, Lama. Take as long as you want, lad, have a bath if you want. Crack <laughs> Anybody who's listened to a previous show, you know my thought process on baths. But Lama, fill your boots, go on some. So off he fucks, doesn't he? He goes upstairs, he goes, oh, I'll only be about 15, 20 minutes. And I went, as long as you want, Lama, no bother. Manager says to me, he says, me and you will go and set up. I said, we're all right, no problem, I'll wait for him to finish. He goes, no, come with me now. We find location, we set up. So off we go, we, me and him set up. Me and him then are just sat in the place where I've set up location for about 20 minutes. I'm thinking, don't be fucking late. If, if Lama, if Lama comes... wires and slow motion? If, if Lama comes out of his room now we're fucked because it, it, it's going to be me again so anyway I get the phone call from you then don't I at around about 20 to 11 so he's 40 minutes late I've put these lads off I've put these lads off I've talked shit to them I've been up and down the lift I've been blagging that I've left stuff in my car and all this type of stuff they must think I've fucking lost my mind play the blinder yeah next thing you know he rocks up I filmed all this by the way you'll be able to get this on our YouTube channel I filmed all this I gets him in the lift gets him straight upstairs and literally 30 seconds after you got out the lift and sat down and yeah. I introduced you to the manager Lomo came out his room Lomo came out the lift I know <sighs> done. mental done and the full interview um, with him talking about Green Bank Sports Centre <laughs> is on our YouTube channel so there you go I can't believe it started the interview by saying you went straight Lama, in I haven't seen you for 10 years like <laughs> <laughs> what old mates he's like looking you know, oh yeah he's I remember look, he's looking at you going <laughs> Hey, seen you for 10 years, mate. <laughs> Liverpool. When you got a gold medal at Li- in Liverpool. <laughs> it's been ages, Lover. When was the last time me and you got hung out? Unreal. It was good, though. It's a wonderful, wonderful chat. It's a wonderful setting. We've filmed it all. We've done the crack. So there you go. We're now pals again, aren't we? That's what mates do, you see. They don't just say, have a sniff of them fingers. They say, Shag come it. into my room and have a go, lad. <laughs> Two's up. LAUGHTER <laughs> There you go, man. Job done. Lomachenko. Nobody's getting those interviews. You'll probably see him on Sky and the major uh, networks throughout the course of the week. But he is a fight disciple. He's 100% a fight disciple. Vasil Lomachenko, baby. 
uh, all over our YouTube, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. Now then, let's get on to uh, talking about the fights at the weekend, yeah? Yep. Uh, because I've seen loads of different people uh, have their say on everything that happened at the weekend. And I'm sick to death of people throwing shade on Anthony Joshua. Sick to death of it. What, what more can the kid do? He's had 20-odd fights. He's already the unified heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. You're right. It might have been thrust upon him, but he's there. He's beating everybody that is, that is put in front of him. And okay, there's the argument of, well, he's dodged. Deontay Wilder, he's dodged Tyson Fury, but he hasn't He hasn't dodged anybody. He personally hasn't dodged anybody. He's being managed in a way and, and pushed in whatever direction that makes the best business sense, right? Spoke to Eddie after the fight. They want to make the Deontay Wilder fight. Of course. And from their point of view, the business point of view, they want to make that, obviously, they want to make that so it's the best possible deal for Anthony Joshua. Now, of course, if you're a businessman, you're thinking to yourself, well, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, we think they're going to fight in December. And if Deontay Wilder bingos him, then his stock's going to rise and therefore his price will go up. Absolutely. So let's try and make the deal before that fight. And that's where they're at at this moment in time. Now, with you, Deontay Wilder, and you're backing yourself, you're going to go, hang on, let's foot that off. Let's wait till December, lads, and then we'll come back and do the negotiation. So that's where they're at at this moment in time. Both parties want to make the fight. They're just trying to get the, the, the best deal. Now, on the fight itself, AJ at the weekend, yeah. yes, he was a bit sluggish at the start, but he's fighting a geezer that won a gold medal, for fuck's sake. He's fighting a geezer in the last chance saloon. He's fighting a guy that's held a regular version of a world title before. You know what I think about regular world titles, but this is a guy, if it wasn't for Vladimir Klitschko, would have been a world champion. And not only that, a unified world champion. That's the level of guy that we're talking about. So to poo-poo his achievements, when that finish in the seventh round came, and it was an absolutely ex- outstanding finish. Nobody's knocked out Povetkin. Nobody's stopped Povetkin before. Nope. And he sniffed blood, and he took him out. Now, on my cards, he was down. Yep. I think you were the same. 4-2. There's a couple of other people that were the same. There's a few that had it level. I've seen that Sky had him up. I, I don't know how you've got him up at that moment in time. I, I suppose it is what you like. It is a bit subjective. Yeah, I could see 3-3. Three, three. I struggled to give... I watched it back again and again. I've struggled to put AJ in front. But you know what? That just makes it even better. It's like the Amir Khan syndrome. It's like, exactly. what the fucking fans want? Exactly. Do you, do you want entertaining or do you just want to see it heavyweight? Like the Klitschko's used to do. Dominate the behind the jab, bores you to bits, and then you may get a big overarm right down the end. With Joshua, it's like he's wobbled everywhere. His fucking nose is gone. He looks in all kinds of trouble. And then boom. And he regroups, pulls himself back together, and fucking does that. He's absolutely sensational. And for me, that was the statement he needed to reaffirm himself as the most exciting and the best heavyweight on the planet. I don't get, I don't get why everybody wants to see him fail. It's madness. It's British. It's I Britishness, d- that's why. It's d- the fucking Eddie the Eagle Edwards syndrome all over again. Yeah. We love a loser. We hate a champion. I refuse to be like that. I refuse. Anthony Joshua is British and he's the best on the planet. At some point, he is going to get beat because, as we just said, he is vulnerable. He is wide open. And if he does get caught in the whiskers by Deontay Wilder, he might go over and not get up. He might, that might happen. And there's a strong possibility that might happen. And if yeah. he ever fights Tyson Fury, he might get totally embarrassed because he'll bamboozle him because he's a box of tricks. That might happen. But so fucking what? And do you know what? I truly believe... In a lot of ways, you need to lose to become, to build a legacy that cements yourself as an all-time great. Mm. Look at Lennox Lewis compared to Joe Calzaghe. Do you know what I mean? Joe never lost a fight. Mm. And yet, ask any British boxing fan who the greatest British boxer is of all time, certainly modern era, they will all say Lennox Lewis. Mm. Now, of course, Lennox went, had a career that, you know, 
overshadow Joe's in terms of his achievements in America and the legacy fights that he had. But he also lost in sensational fashion. Do you know what I mean? So I just think Anthony Joshua right now, he's ours. He's active. You know, he's... We're literally on the cusp of what could be the next five or six years, the greatest story in British boxing history. Mm. But we may not. But you know what? Fucking enjoy the ride. Exactly. Why are we questioning it? Stop being miserable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We were laughing last week. Wait, I don't know if we did it on air, but we were laughing off air maybe saying, imagine if he gets beat. At least we've got an opponent for April. And at least he gets the revenge in April. And it's all part of the narrative. It's all part of the story. I don't think people turn on Anthony Joshua necessarily if he loses on Saturday. We just go, right, okay, let's see the rematch in April because AJ had the flu. He's come out now and said, hasn't he, he had the flu. And that first round would suggest someone who has had the flu, someone yep. that's a little bit dogged, a little bit down. But it's the way he bounces back, just like he did against Klitschko. He regroups, he reinvents himself, and he comes back harder. Phenomenal. The finish, the finish was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. The, the stuff that went before it, it wasn't amazing. Povetkin was game. He came. He threw everything that he had. He threw the kitchen sink at him. But, but when if, if, if AJ's amazing, don't we all go, ah, oh, Povetkin, well, people, people are doing. That's what they're doing. They're going, ah, he's only beating a 39-year-old plastic geezer. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck off. That's absolutely ridiculous. He was live, absolutely live and game as fuck. And he threw the kitchen sink at him. But when Anthony got him stung, and I tell you what, just from a technical point of view, this is brilliant. Go back and watch this fight, right? From a technical point of view, what you'll notice with Anthony, what he was doing, he was jabbing a lot to the body. And as we've spoken about on this show previously... Love your sugar. You have my sugar, son. What we spoke about this show previously, about fight sports, whether it be mixed martial arts or whether it be boxing, it's robotics. What you're doing, you are setting rhythms. You are trying to get your opponent to understand what you're doing, setting traps for him in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what AJ was doing, he was jabbing to the body a lot and yeah. then following up with a right hook to the body constantly. It was constant from... The after the first round, it was second round, third round, fourth round. Because I was thinking to myself, why is he jabbing him to his body? Yeah. He's like he's dipping down to jab him to his body. Yeah, yeah. And then if you watch... I think a lot of people realise that Joshua's... The way he was holding himself was a lot different. Crouched. Very crouched. Previously, yeah. He was taking a lot of his size away. Absolutely. So he was, he was ducking down to jab to the, to the stomach area of, uh, of Povetkin. I'm thinking, why is he doing that? And it was only at the finish that I think to myself, you clever bastard. That's really good the way that he's done that because he set the trap. If you watch the finish... He jabs to the body and then automatically, because he set the rhythm of Povetkin, Povetkin thinks that the shot's coming to, his, the, body. to the body. He thinks that the hook's coming to the body. It, it, and it doesn't. He changes it. He goes upstairs because Povetkin's wide open and then yeah, yeah. bang. And as soon as he catches you clean on the whiskers, mate, yeah. you've got to be something to fucking stand on your feet. No because right. when he sniffs it, he is ruthless. And that finish was absolutely what we want from the heavyweight champion of the world. He was dirty. Absolutely dirty, and I thought it was fantastic. The finish was fantastic. Yeah, all right. The first six rounds weren't brilliant from a boxing point of view, maybe. Yeah, from but a fan point of view, I thought it was fucking brilliant. But, but what he did... It was engaging. Yeah, but what he did, he stayed patient. He probably knew in his head, I'm not winning this fight in this moment in time. Yeah. Maybe I'm level. Maybe I'm a touchdown. But he stayed patient. He kept maybe doing the same thing. the game plan as well. Absolutely. Maybe like him and Robert gone work the body for the first four or five rounds till he starts slowing down just keep throwing that combo to the body and once we've got him once he's tired once we, once we can catch him, him out. take him out with it and, and he that's did exactly what he did and I, he did I thought it was phenomenal it was one of my and I say this after every Joshua fight that's one of my favourite Joshua performances of that's, them all what, what he did though if, if, we're, if we're brutally honest Takam, the Takam fight wasn't Amazing. You thought it was good. I thought it was good. I, I, I didn't it. think it was amazing. I thought the adjustments but, he made in the and fight were phenomenal. Okay. And then the Joseph Parker fight, he goes the distance and he outboxes yeah. a kid behind his jab, which isn't but attractive. that was Parker. Yeah, of course. I think anyone at this level, and if, the if you don't want to get hit 
You know, Bellew mentions this a lot. At this level, these guys, they can get in there and take less punishments over, and they can last 12 rounds and stay out the way. And mm. I think most of these guys at the top level, if they really want to, they can stay away. They'll lose every round, mm. but they can stay out of the action. They can stay out of the danger zones. And I think we had that a little bit with, with, with Parker. It takes two to tango a little bit, but... But well, that can come to all right, the weekend. Well, let's, let's be honest. I thought the tactics We've been to on. many Joshua fights, and it's a very different audience, all right? 90,000 people. There's not a lot of boxing hardcore in there. It's a very casual audience, and I've no problem with it. I've, yeah. I, I love it. Well, I'd see, I'd see because my John Evans, the, the writer, had tweeted out saying um, Lomachenko's pictures just been flashed up on the big screen, and nobody, uh, cheered. nobody, nobody cheered. even cheered. Nobody even recognised who he was. And I tweeted him back, messing around, saying, flash up a picture of the kid who won Love Island and watch the place go nuts. Yeah. And it's right. That's the type of audience Anthony Joshua attracts. That's why it was empty. Right. In the main card, I'd be gone. So therefore, an Anthony Joshua crowd is very different to a normal boxing crowd. So if he doesn't knock somebody out, they come away automatically disappointed because they don't necessarily understand what they've just seen. And that's my point with the last two fights. The Takam fight and the, and the Parker fight. Yeah, all right, he stopped Takam, but it maybe was a bit premature. And then the Parker fight. For him to do what he did at the weekend against a mandatory challenger, a, a real live opponent, is a massive statement. Because I put that out, I went, statement made. What, yeah. what, what statement are you talking about? That's a massive statement. The kid's never been stopped before. Exactly. And with all due respect, during the day, that's the most pathetic attempt to piss on Eddie's chips that I've ever seen mm. from Frank. I'm going to put it out there because how can you confirm... It was coming. How can you confirm a fucking day and you can't confirm a venue? You could... Mate, I'm having a party. All right, when are you having your party? I'm having a party on December 1st. All right, yeah, fantastic. Where are you doing it? Uh, 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 I don't know. Don't know I ain't booked it yet. Well, how do you know you're doing it on December 1st? Yeah, yeah. You ain't booked the venue yet. Give us a shout when you've got all the details. It was basically... Just a sign of piss on We need to get some out. Today's the day. It has to go out. We haven't, we haven't managed to pull a finger out of our ass yet, but we've got to get it out there. Yeah. So all that was going on throughout the course of the day. People are talking about Wilder Fury. Because it is the if it happens, yeah. it is the biggest heavyweight clash of the year. Anthony's not involved with it. And he needed to say, Oi, I'm the fucking king of the jungle here. Yep. And he did. Absolutely. He, he did. did. He sent a message. Now, Wilder might come back and send an even bigger message by knocking Fury out. That might happen. Yeah. But at least Fury's thrown... Sorry, at least Joshua has thrown the ball into their court and said, Right, lads, over, that. To, over to you. That was the... I'm the number one. Wilder's number two. Povetkin's number three. Look what I've just done to number three. Let's see what you can do to a uh, been out for two years, Tyson Fury, then Mr. Wilder. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like, go on then. Let's see what you can do now. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it is what it is, isn't it? Unfortunately, because he, because he attracts a lot of general sport fans. And Listen, we love general sport fans. The more people that watch boxing and engage in boxing, the fucking better for us, better for this show, better for boxing in general. We want it to be mainstream. We want it to be fucking bigger than football. Never will be, but we want it to be the second sport in the UK behind football. The only way that happens is if more people engage with it. But those people also need a better understanding of of what they're watching. And Pavekin was absolutely a live, a live challenger and he produced... Probably more than I expected, but what I expected. I mm. knew he was going to be live for four to five rounds. Yeah. I think most people did. Yeah. I think he did more than we expected him to do. I think that uppercut which bust AJ's nose in the first round really set the tone for him. Mm. But after three or four rounds, you could see he was starting to come down and AJ was starting to step it up. But listen, it's fucking value for money. What do you want on your pay-per-view? And, and we're going to come on to it now. I thought the rest of the card, I don't know what it was like when in the pissing down rain at ringside, but from home, the rest of the card was very poor. Mm. But once again, AJ sold the sh- stole the show and saved the pay-per-view in my eyes. Well, on that card, I sat through 36 minutes of Lawrence O'Corley and Matty Askin in the pissing down rain. It was coming down sideways. And I sat down and watched that fight. And I think I tweeted, this is the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. Now, I'm not going to go too hard on Lawrence O'Corley. Do you know why? 
because he's been honest. He's come out on his own social media and said, I've just gone home, watched the fight, and that was absolutely dog mess. And fair play to him. Fair play to him for coming out and admitting that because it was. It was a terrible, terrible fight. Um, and I just think that maybe he's been pushed along a little bit too quick for where people are expecting him to be at. I thought the result was poor as well, mate, if I'm honest. You can't lose. You can't be deducted three points and then claim a Lonsdale belt. It just doesn't sit right with me, that. Especially when you've got to go and, you've got to go and beat the champ. He didn't beat the champ. It was horrible. No. So if you're... If, there was one card there. I think they, I think it come out something like 116, 110 or something like that. So you're telling me you won by nine fucking rounds if you've deducted three points off him as well? Yeah. Bollocks. It was bollocks. It was, yeah. It was... Uh it was absolutely a forgettable fight, and this is a worrying tone, I think, for a Coley as well, because he's had two now. Like we had that. the same thing with Chamberlain as well. That was an absolute stinker, and I think with the Chamberlain fight, we're like, well, you know, it takes two to stang- tango. Styles make fights. This is the second time now. You're going to go, well, you know, it takes two to tango. Was Mask- Askin doing enough? I think Askin was trying to fight, but a Coley's got this lunging style where he just kind of throws a shot and then immediately hugs. He doesn't he's not pleased on the eye he whatsoever. Doesn't he's raw, though. He's yeah, raw. That's you, it. I and feel th- like we shouldn't be beating him up. No, I'm not going to. Because, one, he's admitted it himself. And, two, I don't think he... He doesn't know how to use his size yet. He doesn't master that distance at all, does he? No, he hasn't. Keeping people with it, you know what I mean, on the end of that jab. He's in, too, he's in far too close. We saw it in the Chamberlain fight, and we saw it in the Askin fight. So I'm not going to throw too much shit on him. I think everybody knows it was shit. Yeah. Um, I think Victor Laughlin was very poor as well. I think, you know... Taking three points off is one thing. Bin him off. I think that fight had to be it had to be disqualification. You know what? It wouldn't have done a Coley any harm. He'd have learnt more from it because right now he thinks I can fucking get away with that. Then, you know, I know that's his go-to now. If he's ever he's in trouble, I can go to doing that. I can just hold, (laughs) throw the head in, everything else. I think Victor did him no favors. I think throwing him out of that fight, and I think even Eddie said afterwards should have been disqualified. Yeah, yeah, Um, he should have been. And and then the follow-up on that the follow-up fight because I know that you were saying oh, this is a little bit negative maybe from uh, from Luke Campbell on social media it wasn't negative but it was, from, just, it was just safety first alright but from my point of view it was like watching Canelo Triple G after watching that fucking shite <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I was thinking this is amazing someone's actually boxing in front of me this is tremendous uh, it was don't use that as a quote it wasn't Canelo Triple G it just felt like it after watching a Coley asking alright uh, but what I will say about Luke Campbell, early doors, I thought, he's in trouble here because Mendy looked strong, uh, man. He was coming forward, walking him down. I'm thinking... He doesn't stop that Mendy as well. No, he's, he's got a proper tank on him, hasn't he? Fit, like, yeah, proper tank on him. Um, I, I was surprised to see, you know, when Mendy raised his hands at the end of the fight, I, I was thinking... Yeah, a bit oh, deluded, are you, lad. Are you, are you crazy? Yeah. You know, you've, all you've done is walk in straight lines and get picked yeah. off all night. But at the start, I was thinking, he looks stronger than Luke. Yeah. He's bullying him a little bit. But then Luke got on his game. His footwork, I thought, were brilliant. It was it was very good. It was just... It, it was a hard watch because at no point did Luke really engage. And you know what? That's boxing, folks. You know, if you can if you can land punches and not get hit in return, then you've, you've smashed the sweet science. And at the end of the day, that's the kind of performance he put in. Was it pay-per-view friendly? Was it fan friendly? No, it wasn't. You know, no. Luke never threw a meaningful shot all night. Just tapped him there. It was an amateur plenty. performance. It was. It, it was like winning an amateur gold yeah, medal. That's exactly what it was. And you know mm. what? If you've got that in your locker and you're fighting a guy who's beat you before, mm. one of only two blemishes on your record, the other being against Jorge Linares in a world title fight, fuck me, do we begrudge him doing it then? No. He's, he's erased that off his ledger now. That, that's not how Luke Campbell fights. He never fought like that against Linares. Mm. We know he can do more. But that was a safety-first performance. Get the win. That was the abo- priority above all else. It was just disappointing that it came straight after the back on the back of a stinker, and then it felt like, oh my goodness, this pay-per-view is forgettable. Mm. Would you make a pricey? 
Uh, I was devastated because, you know what, when he walked back to the, obviously, it's only in hindsight we'd have watched the footage back and seen him look at his bicep at the end of the second round. And obviously there's, there's been some issue there, but there was no corner cams between rounds to kind of hear anything that was going on in the corner about the injury. All I was doing was watching it cold, like most people thinking, this is a brilliant fight, I'm really entertained. I was concerned Pricey was starting to blow for tugs, but then his output compared to his previous fights was phenomenal. So I was thinking, he's going for it. That's mm. what he needs to do. He's took this fight at late notice against a ranked opponent. Go for it. Kind of like Pavek in the main event. Mm. He's fucking going for it. And for that, I will never, ever slate Pricey over. He never just turned up. It wasn't a Christian Hammer job where he was hanging off the ropes and you know, it was almost embarrassing. He went for it. And okay, injury got to him in the end, but... Is he any worse off than he was prior to this fight? No. No, he can no, still go and fight big sexy yeah, Ireland yeah, yeah. and he's still in the same position. One thing, that, one thing that we have learned, and because he did land, he did land. One oh, thing, yeah. one thing that uh, we have learned is that Cosmin's a tough bastard, isn't he? Some whiskers on him. He is. Hey, Fuck and he dishes me. it out as well. Yeah, for, a, yeah. for a smaller guy in that heavyweight division, he is fucking tough as yeah. teak tough. It's going to be interesting to see his journey and where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's massive fights out there for him and he's definitely one who's on, he's got to be on the radar next year for, for all the big boys, but... In regards to Pricey, I just think now he's got to he's got to come back and regroup. I would go, I would press ahead with that big sexy fight. Mm. You know, I, the thing with Pricey, and it's unlike a lot of other boxers. Well, in fact, you know what? People, fans still do it now with all boxers. Why why are we so keen on Twitter to fucking retire people? Why is it like oh he's got to retire now, hasn't he? Why? He's a professional athlete. He's doing what he loves. Yep. He's just there in six-figure payday fighting at Wembley Stadium. Mm. It never went his way. Why should he retire? Would you want him to go and fucking carry bricks or work in a restaurant carrying plates? Yeah. He's living his dream. So what he lost? It's like you don't see a, a club lose a Champions League final and go, ah, oh, they should all retire them. Mm. It's like the footballers, the athletes, the sportsmen. If Pricey was getting knocked out cold every other week, I'd be, on, I'd be at the front of the queue because he's my mate saying... He should, he should hang him up before he gets long-lasting yeah. harm. But he never took any punishment at the weekend. And barring that one shot against Pavek and that one free shot, yeah. it wasn't like he was pummeled for so many rounds and everything else. He was fine afterwards, and he was fine afterwards on Saturday. It was a brave decision by Joe McNally, obviously, to pull him out. But they know what went on in that camp in terms of the muscle injury. They know they knew it was potentially a problem. And even though... I had a 2-2. I don't know how you scored it. Yeah, I it was. 2-2. It was level. I thought it was great. It was really shaping up well. You know, I think a lot of fighters think Enzo Macanelli and one or two others were like, ah, you, you go out in your shield. Why? It's the heavyweight division. If he gets knocked spark out, where does he go from there? Then you do start going, two big knockouts. Tyson. Now he goes, he had to retire. Tyson Fury nailed it, mate. He won Twitter at the weekend. I think he came yeah. up to him. He said, listen, all you shithouses giving uh, the big into big pricey. Get in there and have a do yourself, exactly. you know what I mean? Fair play to the lad for having a go and fighting through an injury. Yeah. Now, fair play to him. Uh, speaking of shithouses, and I didn't really want to talk about this because it's nothing... To it's not, nothing to do with boxing. It is a boxer. Everything that I saw last week with Billy Joe Saunders, I just thought to myself, Bill, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you posting One, <clears throat> why, are you, why are you posting it? And two, when in your head did you think that that was a decent thing to do? We're, we're, I don't get it. You're not, you're not endearing yourself to any fans. If anything, you're turning fans against you now. Legitimately now. I love Billy Joe Saunders. You know how I feel yeah, yeah. about him. Gotcha. I think he's one of the best mid middleweights sure, on the planet. stage on this podcast, you said he was the, be you said he was the best middleweight yeah, on the Yeah, I did. Planet. I think he, he's the man that could have taken Triple G's crown, Canelo's crown, all of them, because I think he's a supreme boxer. But I can't, I can't support a geezer like that. I can't support a person that bullies 
people like that in our society. Vulnerable people. Very vulnerable people. And taking the piss out of them like that and putting them through that. And obviously, he's going going to go through sanctions and stuff. But I just think to myself, if the fight goes ahead against Andrade, I know who I'm supporting. Yeah. The man needs a lesson, yeah, doesn't he? Does. He probably won't get one because he's so fucking supremely talented. But that was outrageous, mate. It is, yeah, especially, you know, it's embarrassing for everybody involved with him. It's, bar- it's embarrassing for Frank Warren. It's embarrassing for the Ingle gym. You know, Brendan Ingle built that gym and that reputation. He wouldn't be there if Brendan was still here. No, he wouldn't. On community support. That's a community gym. That's, yep. that, that's the fucking hub of that corner of Sheffield. You know, Brendan Ingle's an absolute icon in that region and all of British boxing. And that, I'm sorry, that would have just been absolutely unacceptable. Mm. I'm sorry to say that was absolute scumbag behaviour from Billy Joe Saunders. And if it was anybody else, a whole of Twitter world would have turned on them. And you know what? And I don't even buy into that. Oh, it's just it's his upbringing. You know, it's the traveling and all that. No, no, no fucking no, way. No fucking way. Tyson's not like that. Exactly. Andy Lee's not like that. Exactly. You, you know, they know right from wrong as much as anybody else. That community. And you know what? Talk about communities. There's no more. They stick together. No They're all like family anyway. Yeah. yeah. So to do that to somebody that's <clears> it, it was just really disappointing. And and there's no excuse for it. Hmm. You know, it was it was hard to watch and it was hard to see the fallout. And I was like, what the. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I just didn't get it. No, me neither. I didn't get it at all. Me neither. Um, before we talk about the fights that are coming up this weekend, because we've got a full weekend, we've got Friday night uh, and a bit of Saturday and a little bit of Sunday as well involving <laughs> British fighters, I just want to uh, flag something up that has happened to uh, the Fight Disciples guys this week. Of course, you know that we are the two-time champion when it comes to the Podcast Awards. Champs, champs. So we've won the best sports show at the Podcast Awards for the last two years, yeah. 2017-2018. However, the one that we have coveted, the one that we have chased is the Oscars of the radio uh, industry. The Radio Academy um, have uh, very kindly, this is a, a panel of esteemed judges, people from the BBC and what have you, all over, all over this fine land that study audio on a day-to-day basis. They have, uh, they have put us forward as a, a nominee uh, for uh, the best sports show in the country at the Radio Academy Awards, which happens in October. We're up against the whole of Five Live. This is Little Fight Disciples. It's just two little clowns. Just us. <laughs> Two little pricks eating the breakfast on a podcast um, who's just met Lomachenko. Yeah, Two lads yeah. like that. There you go. Who, um, who are up against Five Live. We're up against uh, a couple of other Five Live podcasts. Basically, the biggest... All the big boys. The biggest players the big boys. from the BBC in the audio world. There's five other nominations, six other nominations, yeah. and we are one of them. Um, and all I wanted to say is it's an incredibly proud moment for us. It really is. Of course. Because... Like, it's the equivalent of... This is like the Oscars ceremony, and you've got... you know Denzel. Denzel Washington, you've got like all these great films, Titanic, yeah. all the big ones, and here's fucking Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> shortlisted. You know what I mean? It's just outrageous. So, and I think we're going to turn up on October the 18th for the awards ceremony. Gassed, obviously, we'll be fucking completely wanked. <laughs> I think people are going to go, who are they? Yeah. Who let them in? Who are these lads? Who, who let Bill and Ted in? Yeah. Mate, I know. With that nomination, it might sound like we're blowing our own trumpet, but what I wanted to say is that to people that are listening to this show on a on regular basis, we aimed at the start of this. Nick's obviously been in print for a long, long period of time. I've been in broadcasting for a long period of time. And sometimes when you're working for other outlets, you can't necessarily say what's truly on your mind in a way that you wish to say. You've got to adhere to the rules and regulations of, one, the company you're working for, and two, uh, the uh, the industry that you're working for. Politics is involved Absolutely, well. uh, Can't piss people off. Exactly. Uh, this is but we don't give a fuck. <laughs> we don't give a fuck on this. And that was the whole reason to set this up. So therefore, we had a, an avenue to be able to express ourselves. And hopefully, 
again, um, a little bit of a, a community following. We're, we're like-minded people, people that are into what we do and just want to sit in a pub and have a little bit of a chat about fight sports. Don't take it too seriously. Have a little bit of a laugh, entertainment first and all that. But be biased. I like being biased yeah. as well. Yeah. Tony Bell used me mate. I want him to knock Usyk out. There you go. <laughs> I never said that to Lama though, did I? No, absolutely didn't, no. <laughs> but all those types of things, that's who we are. We don't play the fucking straight down the line sitting on the fence bullshit. We just tell it how it is and all of it's legit. It's not uh, convoluted in any way, shape or form. And hopefully you're enjoying this on a week by week basis. And I just wanted to point something out as well, what we've done uh, for, the, for new listeners. Because we've built this regular community and people are interacting with us on a day-to-day basis about fight sports and giving their opinions on it, I kind of like meeting up with fight disciples when we're at events. Mm-hmm. For example, when we went to um, the Liam Just Williams, the Liam Smith event, we went to that. We left our ringside seats in order to go and hang out with fight disciples and just get on the piss. It's not, it's not life and death for us. No. We enjoy it, but we enjoy the community aspect of it as well. And there was a lass, right? Check this out. There was a lass that Instagrammed us last week. She's from Dublin. Isult Cody. Oh, yeah. Right? She's ace and she... Right. She's funny as fuck. Yeah, yeah. She, inter- she interacts with us all the time on social media. She was at media. Joshua at the weekend. Well, check this out. With a... With a she, in fact, I, I thought I seen her this morning. She's now going to invent some waterproof boob tape, she was saying. Right. Well, this kid listens to us on a week-by-week basis, listens to loads of different boxing stuff. I saw that she'd Instagrammed us and messaged us a couple of times, and I knew that she was in London on her own, right? Young lass, flown from Dublin to London on her own. So I, I messaged her back, and I said... Come and meet Loma. Get out of town. Why not? Fucking fight Fucking disciples, right. isn't it? Of course. So I went, come and meet Loma. So she came to the hotel. Blagged, I blagged her into the fucking thing. She came and met Glenn. Had a little bit of a sit down with Glenn. Had a little bit of a crack with him. And we just chatted about boxing. Never missed a Frampton fight. Amazing. Only ever missed one uh, AJ fight. The reason why she came to Wembley is because she missed the Klitschko fight. Wow. So she's never, even under cards or anything like that, never missed any of that. She's going to Bellu Usyk in Manchester. Just a young lass into rugby, into into boxing, and just travels all over the fucking gaff. Class, good on her. Loma, Usyk, knocking about. She's a typical fight disciple, isn't Exactly. She? Introduced her to Dillian White whilst they were giving it the big, and so she's probably pissing herself because she saw that conversation. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's about. And I like doing that. I yeah, like yeah. being around people that are into the shit that I'm into. This is what I'm saying. And Frampton, just chatting Warrington about it. should be a Christmas party. We'll have a Fight Disciples Christmas party in Manchester. Absolutely. Man. If, you, if you fancy it, I think tickets go on sale this week, don't they? They do. They go on sale on Wednesday. Do they? For Frampton, Warrington, yeah. So if you're a Fight Disciple listening to this, get, you get to it. Manchester, December 22nd. We'll have a do. Buy a ticket this week for Frampton, Warrington, and we will do something post-fight. We'll definitely get together Pre post-fight. And post-fight. Pre and post-fight, yeah, yeah. We'll get together. We'll throw a few beers about. We'll have a fucking giggle. Yeah. We'll celebrate winning our aria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this weekend it is uh, Jeddah Friday night, which I'm a little bit disappointed in because Fight Disciples would have absolutely loved uh, a full crew to be at that fight between George Groves and Callum Smith. Obviously, the WBA Super uh, Middleweight Championship on the world, the Ali Trophy, and I'm so delighted that they did delay it. Obviously, George injured his shoulder uh, in the Chris Eubank Jr. fight, and now he's fighting fit, ready to rock and roll. And it's Jeddah this weekend, mate. Um, I'm not going to change my thought process. However, I am feeling more nervous going into this fight. We spent a little bit of time with Callum last week, and we've done a video which is on our uh, YouTube channel. Please go and have a little bit of a look at it. He's in great spirits, really up for it. He's waited a long time for a shot at a world title. Uh, but he's fighting the fucking real deal. George Grove's been there, seen it, got the T-shirt, you name it. He can do it. And if his shoulder's 100%, he's got the best jab in the game. He could, old man, uh, Callum this weekend. Yeah. And he could make him look a little bit, a little bit daft. I hope he doesn't. I really don't because I think Callum is 
the next generation coming through and I hope that he does make a wonderful account of himself. I tipped him right at the start of the uh, tournament to go out and win it because I thought George maybe um, was in it for the wrong reasons, maybe just cashing out. But having watched him in the two fights that he's had in this, he's fucking amazing. Against Eubank Jr. is absolutely outstanding. And if that George Groves turns up on Friday night, we are in for one hell of a fight. Yeah, we are, yeah. And... Uh Again, you know, we're slightly biased towards Callum. We spent a bit of time with him, and uh, we did both tip him at the start of the tournament. By the way, incidentally, it will be the first upset we've had in the whole World Boxing Super Series events so far. The Cruiserweight one played out exactly how it should have done with the number one and number two meeting in the final, and Usyk ultimately the number one seed winning. And now in the Super Middleweight tournament, we've got exactly the same thing, the number one and number two seed meeting in the final in Jeddah. But obviously, Callum Smith being the number two seed would be the first upset in World Boxing Super Series history. He looked great last week. You know, obviously, we, we haven't been privy to being part of George's camp or getting down to see George, so we don't kind of know what condition he's been in. I've not seen a ton of stuff from George's camp. No. So I don't know whether that's a good sign or I a bad to, sign or I whatever. I spoke to Shane at the weekend and Barry because they were at ringside at, uh, at Wembley. And, they were, and you know what Barry's like. He, he's, a, he's a wonderful salesman, isn't he? And he just, he just said to me, this is Barry McGuigan, this is. And he just went... He's looking amazing. The shoulder's 100%. And I, I kind of got excited because the shoulder is 100%. I want it to be 100%. Because it's going to be fucking I mega. I don't, I don't want Callum Smith to, to face a, you know, a, a less than 100% George Groves. George doesn't deserve it. Callum doesn't deserve it. And us as fans who followed this tournament, we don't deserve it as well. Mm. We want to see the two best guys turn up on the night. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And you know what? In the back of my mind... I've just got what, what Joe was... Because we've we seen Joe last week and he was so excited, wasn't he? He was like a little schoolgirl. So excited for this, uh, to this fight and obviously Callum Johnson against uh, Better Be Evan a few weeks as well. But when he mentioned that he said, listen, whenever Callum's back's been against the wall, whenever he's, he's been in a big title fight, he turns up. English title, first round knockout. British title, first round knockout. European title, first round knockout. Mate, if you've got a fucking spare quid this weekend... Yeah. It's worth throwing it on Callum Smith first round knockout just because his entire career suggests, you know, he's got fate on his side. First round knockout, I bet you'll get fucking decent odds on it. It should be phenomenal odds. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be worth a squid. Hmm. I don't think it'll go that way. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be grueling. You know, let's get romantic. I want both guys to climb up off the floor. I want it to be sensational. I want it to be absolutely like the world on fire because the tournament deserves it. Um, but ultimately at the moment, I still fancy Callum Smith. It's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to be a belt, yeah. It's going to be an awesome. Friday night? Friday night. I'm being told PM, it? it'll be... 8 PM? Na- I'm being told it's 9pm UK, 11pm uh, out in the Middle East. Uh, obviously, it's on ITV box office. Yeah. Um, this is our third pay-per-view. In a row. Back to back. Uh, so there you go. Don't miss it. It's going to be a cracker. Chris Eubank Jr. is on the undercard there. Um, he is the first reserve, by the way, if either of these don't make weight. Because they've got to make weight for mm. the tournament rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they, but I can't see that being a problem 12, either Callum of these guys. Callum 12-4, 12-5 last week. He's yeah, going to yeah. make weight. And George just, has never missed weight. Just, have, just have a, got to have a dump on the fucking day exactly. of the weigh don't you? And you're in, son. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to it. That's Friday night. Then, this weekend, obviously, we've got uh, James DeGale fighting and George Joyce also fighting on the undercard of uh, Victor Ortiz and uh, John Molina. Um, back in, it's, a, it's a weird one, the James DeGale thing, right? Because he relinquished his IBF belt. Yeah. Quite obviously to either chase Callum or George. Yeah. Well, to, to, or Rocky it also, Fielding. It was also to sidestep the mandatory against us category. That's what I mean. He was an undefeated killer. That's what I mean. So he's, he's a vo- because he knows full well us category is high risk, low reward. He ain't getting paid well for that. No. And he could get bingoed. He probably will, would have got bingoed. So he decided to sidestep that 
in order to chase their higher money fights. That yeah, being yeah. the lads in Britain. No disrespect to anybody else worldwide who were top fighters, even though Benavides has been on the sniff. Did you see that? Yeah, no, Got yeah. done for coke, didn't Doing it? <laughs> We've all been there, son. <laughs> WBC champion getting caught on the sniff. <laughs> anyway. The, uh, oh, dear. So, yeah. Wow. James is obviously chasing those bigger money fights. I thought the Rocky Fielding thing was going to be done um, for November. Looking like it's not going to necessarily happen now because James would have a few quid too many. Um, so he's fighting this weekend against the geezer that we don't even TBA. know. Yeah, it's TBA. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> top. Yeah, undefeated. So uh, he's fighting this weekend. He'll have a little bit of a, a stroll around in America. He'll probably getting weighed in quite well. Joe Joyce. Eight rounder for him as well. With his little Mexican hat. He'll be enjoying himself all on this undercard. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out for those gentlemen. All right, James. And speaking of which. Farting in America, aren't we, James? He's <laughs> <laughs> not the fucking monkey from the Teddy adverts or the PG adverts. Go on, Lich. <laughs> Uh, Jorge Linares steps up in weight this weekend. Yes, uh, we've uh, obviously seen him making his craft at uh, lightweight for such a long period of time. He's now at super light, which which it baffles me because the World Boxing Super Series is at super light. Why didn't he tell him? Go in. Why didn't he tell him? And therefore, we could have got him in it. Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway, he's fighting this weekend. Uh, Jorge Linares making his debut at super lightweight. And I know we just mentioned him a moment or two ago. Uh, Jose Uzcategui is fighting this weekend. He was supposed to be fighting Caleb Plant for that belt that James relinquished, that IBF strap. However, Caleb Plant got injured. I think he's pulled out of it. Yeah. Uzcategui is still going ahead and having a little bit of a knock just to tick over. Uh, we fully anticipate that the, they will rematch that fight, may, hopefully before the end of the year. Isn't that weird? So the, ch- the former IBF champion, the number one contender and the number two contender... The top two guys are both fighting this weekend in non-title fights and the IBF belt just sits on a fucking... Mad, isn't it? Sits on a mantelpiece somewhere. Mm. Unclaimed. Bizarre. Mm. But the guy else kicking himself. Mm. Well, that's all happening this weekend. Uh, make sure you're uh, all over our social medias at Fight Disciples. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks, mate. More importantly, YouTube. <laughs> I'll a... get this breakfast, shall I? Yeah, this is on you, mate. I'm not fucking paying for this after what I've just done for you. Bloody hell. <laughs> Watching you just wank him off for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on our YouTube channel. Make sure you go and check it out. There will be a story on our Instagram as well. Please subscribe to this. Uh, and once again, thank you so much for listening to us. Without you being a part of this community, me and him probably wouldn't do it. We'd have got bored by now. But we enjoy the interaction that you guys uh, throw our way on a week-by-week basis. And that award nomination at the Oscars of radio, the Radio Academy Awards, is for you as much as it is for us. So come and join. for Bill and Ted. Come and join. Well, you can't vote. It's a panel thing. But it's uh, October... 18th is it? October the 18th in Leeds. So if you're in Leeds on October the 18th, we're getting twatted and we're getting out. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the awards. We're getting yeah, yeah, leathered. Yeah. It's a Thursday night. We are getting, we're getting on it. So yeah. if you're in Leeds and you're fancying that out with the boys, give us a shout. Anyway, please write us a little uh, review. But December on iTunes. 22nd is the night out. Christmas night out. We'll have two. Yeah, that's we'll what have I mean. an awards night out and a that's Christmas I mean. night out. So if anyone wants tickets, they go on sale on Wednesday. Frampton, Warrington, be yep. there or be square. That's we will it. get wasted afterwards. <laughs> See, it's not like any other boxing show, this is it. There'll be people listening in to this episode thinking, how are them fuckers got nominated? Let's listen to what they're doing and see if we can emulate it. You can't copy this shit, baby. This is all unique. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.